0: there's great fear of appropriation you know of our healing practices and we've already seen that we've seen commercialization of noni we've seen uh, commercialization today of of olena uh, which is turmeric you know but we also realize that other causes and communities have used some of these medicines as well
1: E aku e aku rahe, naumai tahuti mai ke te kaupapa nei o Tiahi the Native American and Indigenous Studies Association, or NASA, held their recent three-day conference at the University of Waikato. The conference provides a space where scholars and academics discuss their dissertations and research topics, a large focus of which includes the political issues that impact Indigenous people and their communities. Last week on the show we heard from Professor Mary Tuti-Baker and Tina Grandinetti, who talked about the resurgence of indigenous practices in the midst of urbanisation which is available at rnz.co.nz forward slash Tonight, Dr. Michael Spencer from the University of Washington talks about Native Hawaiian healing practices and the integration of these practices into primary health care
0: So we interviewed patients all who are Native Hawaiian adults receiving services, as well as La'au Lapa'au services. Uh, We interviewed uh, providers, uh, these included the whole array of providers that uh, exist within the, the center. Uh, we also uh, interviewed members of the community who were not receiving services, uh, but were Native Hawaiian within the community because we wanted to get a little bit of an outsider's perspective, as well as for kupuna or elders uh, who we selected specifically for their knowledge and wisdom of La
1: Dr. Michael Spencer is Professor in Social Work and Director of Native Hawaiian, Pacific Islander and Oceanic Affairs at the University of Washington Indigenous Wellness Research Institute in Seattle. His research looks at the health and well-being of Native Hawaiian people, or kanaka maori, and the health interventions that draw on the indigenous practices and values. Similar to rungoa Māori, that is, the use of native plants to harness their medicinal properties, la ao ao is the practice of plant-based medicine used by kanaka Māori, native Hawaiians. But can this practice exist alongside the Western model of primary health care? Dr Michael Spencer discussed his research as part of this panel discussion topic, integrating native Hawaiian healing practices into
0: primary care. So, La is available in Hawaii through various means. Uh, it is available through various practitioners within the community. Um, it is available within some health clinics, but the model typically is that it's very separate. Uh, Mary Oneha, who is the Executive Director of the Wamanala Health Clinic, at the time um, moved from one clinic where services were served separately. Uh, and arrived at Waimanalo and decided, well, I want to make this a part of every patient's experience. So she decided that she would integrate and and use uh, the model of uh, patient-centered medical care. So the uh, La'alapa'au practitioner is actually a part of this interprofessional team. And when patients come in to the clinic, they also receive uh, in addition to medical services, they also receive behavioral services, and they re- they have the option of receiving la Uh So our practices, as many of you probably already know, uh, are carefully passed down to us through oral traditions and are uh, considered sacred wisdom. One of, in fact, one of the the things that um, I want to be certain that I'm not doing is I'm not testing to see whether or not in and of itself is effective. Uh, that's not uh, my role and my responsibility, That is that comes down from our uh, ancestral knowledge and, and it's not something for me to research and question. What I'm interested in is, does this integrative model improve the patient experience? And, in fact, not only uh, are these from our original knowledge, but they can also be revealed to us today through uh, our various family gods or our amakua as well throughout our history of colonization in addition to our spirituality, our language, uh, our medicines were also banned by law. And so a lot of the practices uh, went underground. And, uh, you know, those who practiced... Uh, either did so privately or, uh, you know, stopped practicing altogether. And this wasn't too long ago. I mean, my father's generation was the generation where, you know, his mother told him to forget the past uh, and, you know, pray to, you know, a Western God. And and uh, uh, so, you know, these practices, as with the civil rights movement and into the 70s, uh, uh, saw a revitalization and, uh, of, of our Hawaiian culture, and with this, the proliferation of use of La'alapa'a medicines. And currently, it's, it's, it's a growing practice. Our work is in the uh, town of Waimanalo, which is a very rural side of the east, of the, uh, east side of Oahu. Uh, there's a large Native Hawaiian homestead in the Waimanalo area where approximately 25% of the community is Native Hawaiian. Um, About 50% of the people who come to our clinic are Native Hawaiian as well. The city of Waimanalo, you know, as many of our Native Hawaiian communities has many challenges, but one of the things that I want to point out is that there are tremendous strengths in that community, which is why it's an ideal community for me to work with. There's a very strong sense of Native Hawaiian identity within the community. Um, They're seeing some growing uh, tourism in that area, and they're working to fight against that. And uh, uh, it's also the home of the Bellows Air Force Base, which unfortunately limits uh, access to uh, some of the beaches and some of the lands in their community.
1: Here, Dr. Michael Spencer talks about the methodology of his research.
0: So, again, the purpose of my study is to understand the added value of integrating Native Hawaiian healing practices for improving patient experience and promoting the health and well-being of Kanaka Oivi or Kanaka Maoli. Uh, the first thing that we did was we worked with a community advisory board. We, uh, we gathered uh, uh, members of the community, members of the staff, and brought them together. And we meet monthly, and we discuss this project, and we discuss some of their ideas around uh, uh, what might uh, the integration of these practices lead to? And this was the model that they developed. So to begin with, they start off with integration, the act of integrating. So we interviewed patients, all who are Native Hawaiian adults receiving services, as well as La Pa'au services. Uh, we interviewed uh, providers. Uh, these included a whole array of providers that uh, exist within the, the center. Uh, we also uh, interviewed members of the community who were not receiving services, uh, but were Native Hawaiian within the community because we wanted to get a little bit of an outsider's perspective, as well as for kupuna or elders uh, who we selected specifically for their knowledge and wisdom of la'aula Pa'au. Uh They were all Native Hawaiian. Uh, Waimanala residents, they are not included in in this study, but one of the things that we did was we uh, we videotaped all of uh, our kupuna and uh, uh, we hope to leave that with the community for prosperity as well. So in our model, we begin with integration. And what this integration says is that all patients, when they initially visit, will receive services from a Western and a native healer together, not through a referral, not through a warm handoff, but they all come to the same. They all meet with that individual together. Those individuals, uh, the team, then develops a treatment plan, which may or may not include La'alapa'al services, may or may not include uh, behavioral health services, uh, but uh, they, they, they all have the option to receive those services uh, and they have access to it. There's also uh, classes that they have access to on La'alapa'ao where they can learn how to make their own medicines at home and, and such. And um, so that's uh, our integrative model. And this is our, one of our healers here. Uh, her name is Lena Albright, uh, and this is one of her classes uh, as part of my own ethnographic process, I participated in the classes uh, and uh, enjoyed them tremendously. They're very hands-on, as you can see. Uh, plants are provided, and we we made a number of things. These are some of the uh, cleanses that we made uh, for the different uh, parts and organs of our body. Then the next uh, thing that we looked at was this notion of acceptance. Okay, so if integration were to occur, that there would be some level of acceptance among uh, patients, providers, and staff, as well as the community. And, and the question that we had was, do these stakeholders then see the added value of, of uh, the services? Uh, in addition to that, we saw uh, cultural connectedness as uh, the next step after acceptance. So what we ask is, if there is acceptance, is there a deeper sense of cultural connectedness? as a result of integration? Do patients feel more connected to their providers and to the clinic? Uh, Do do patients, providers, staff have a greater sense of connectedness to Hawaiian values and practices? Is a clinic viewed as more connected to Hawaiian values and practices by the community and by uh, the uh, Kanaka Oyubi Nation as well? With acceptance, a sense of cultural connectedness, we would hope that we would see a sense of activation or a sense of empowerment. In Western terms, oftentimes, people would look at this as compliance, but we didn't like that term compliance, so we used the term activation, uh, which is actually a word that is used in the medical literature to describe people who then start to feel confident about being able to change their behaviors, being able to become the be- a better self, You know, become a healthier person. So um, we said, does acceptability of integration and cultural connectedness lead to greater activation and a sense of empowerment among stakeholders? Do patients feel like they have a greater sense of control over their health and adherence to treatment? Uh, Is there a diffusion of healing practices within the community? Are people starting to grow gardens? Are they starting to share remedies within the community? And finally, if all of these things occur... Then what we would hope to see is uh, people feeling better, people are having a greater sense of of greater better health outcomes.
1: Plant-based medicine is entrenched in the history and the narratives of the Hawaiian people, and as Dr. Michael found out, often these plants and how they were used resonated with many of those people he interviewed for his research
0: people would start to say things like, you know, I remember grandma used to grow that in the yard. You know, oh yeah, I remember when I was a little kid, my mom used to give me that and I used to hate taking it. But, you know, Uh, or they would say, you know, uh, I thought grandma uh, or auntie was crazy, you know, going out in the garden, making all of these concoctions. You know, I thought that she was You know, I was ashamed of it, you know, so to speak. But now I realize that, wow, grandma had knowledge. Grandma had some wisdom. And there's a sense of wanting to not just it's not just nostalgia, but it's it's wanting to bring it back and wanting to bring it not only into the present, bring the past into the present, but also take it into the future. So they also want to teach their children. They want to teach their family. They want to teach their friends about their new knowledge. And so you see a little proliferation of new, you know, mini La'au, La'apa'au practitioners within the community. People starting to grow their own medicines. People starting to uh, share with other people the different things that worked, that didn't work, you know. So you often hear these kinds of conversations with people. Certainly, there was that level of cultural connectedness there, you know this level of of being hawaiian and, and 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 that this notion that that Hawaiians actually had tremendous knowledge it proved to strengthen their own identity as Native Hawaiian people also there was uh, uh, some evidence of activation and empowerment as well where people were uh, wanting to get off of Western medications. They wanted to, you know, most most people don't want to be on them to begin with, but they feel they have no other option. So this provides an alternative option and uh, what's wonderful is providers uh, work with them as well. You know, there's a growing sense, even amongst uh, n- non-Native people, of living a more holistic life, you know, of h- encouraging people to, to have a more holistic view of health and of medicine. And so, you know, th- there, there is a general trend in, in our, in, in, at least in the United States, around a sense of uh, being more holistic and, and, and using naturopathic. Uh, processes and so this all joins in with with that notion as well it also addresses spirit which is something that oftentimes doesn't get addressed within the context of Western medicine so in native Hawaiian culture we believe in not just mind and body but we also believe in spirit and so we have our behavioral uh, uh, specialist we have our health specialist but we have our la- our practitioner who also brings in that spiritual component into, and, and pule or prayer is a very important part of la'ao uh, practice. So prayer is, is done throughout the process, even from the point of picking the, harvesting the medicine, all the way to the point of, of using it as part of healing practices. Some of the challenges, access to plants, you know, not everybody has these plants in their yard oftentimes even after taking the classes they don't exactly remember which plant is what and they get kind of worried about it and you know it's also one thing is our practitioner doesn't like people taking pictures and you know because she doesn't want that knowledge to just be uh, uh, taken outside and 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 you know appropriated from us so there's a concern around that as well so with providers You know, it was very interesting because at the very beginning of this study, more informally through my ethnographic processes, when I talked to providers, they would say things like, you know, we want to be supportive, you know, we want to be supportive and we're willing to try and we're willing to work with patients. And, you know, we claim no evidence, you know, our role is monitoring clinical outcomes and, you know, we'll adjust medications as necessary. They went from, they would move from that to, wow, I want to learn more about these practices and, and wow, the practitioner really does add a lot to our team and that uh, they're starting to see changes in patients. Patients, for example, wanting to come in to clinic you know, that's one of the biggest problems with clinics is people just showing up for their appointments. So this uh, 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 led, has led to better attendance, better adherence, a greater likelihood of returning. Oftentimes to see the Laolapao practitioner and not the Western doctor, but the Western doctors are okay with that. You know, they're okay with that. At least, at least they're coming in. And the community has also seen a growing recognition and adoption of these practices within the community. Uh, They see it as a larger effort around self-determination. They see it as a way of promoting cultural and community identity, and uh, they see it as a way to respect uh, the knowledge of our elders, uh, some of the uh, downsides. Uh, they talked about the conflict among practitioners. You know, there's different genealogies. Well, who did you learn from and who did you learn from and what kind of, you know, medicine do you do? So there's always those kinds of conflicts that occur within the community.
1: However, La la'pa'au, the use of plant-based medicine does have its critics. Some agree that it should not be part of primary health care.
0: They feel like, you know, that they shouldn't even be a part of Western clinics, and that's due to a lot of distrust of the Western medical system as well. So, you know, there are people within the community who want to see it as separate. So uh, after some of these analyses, I decided, one, let's flip the model. We don't want to go downward, we want to go upward. So we flipped it to go upwards. Uh, and the other thing is that in addition to uh, empowerment and activation, I also included this notion of decolonization, because I believe that that is what is also happening as a part of engaging in these integrative experiences. So our next steps is to uh, continue to engage our community advisory board, uh, continue to do some of the more open coding with the analyses. Right now we're really just trying to look at those specific themes that were generated by the community um, and that uh, we hope to uh, continue to uh, get our work funded. So as far as implications, um, you know, we really, again, need to not only consider Our advances in medicine but also look at the history of of impact of of our people and how that affects our contemporary issues. Uh, We need to continue to develop models of intervention and services that support our traditional practices and beliefs and not just as an alternative but as a part of our regular care. Uh, continue to decolonize and empower our communities and to continue these kinds of unique collaborations with health systems so with that I say mahalo and uh, thank you so much for attending
1: Following the panel discussion the floor was opened for questions one of which related to intellectual property rights
0: There's great fear of appropriation you know of our healing practices and we've already seen that we've seen commercialization of noni we've seen uh a commercialization today of of olena uh, which is turmeric uh as well you know and and uh you know but we also realize that we're not on the only culture that uses these medicines as well and and, and you know i mean other Cultures and communities have used some of these medicines as well, and this is one of the the challenges because the patients want they want they want a book with a picture, and a description, and what you use it for, you know, so that they can take it home and they can use it and share it, and you know, and I think it's all in good good in, with good intention, but you know, our classes are not only open to. Hawaiians, You know, I mean, it's open to anyone who attends a clinic. And, and actually, people come from all across the island to attend these classes. And many of them are non-native people. And I don't know. I mean, besides besides not printing the material, I'm not exactly sure what else we can do. Clearly, someone could take that information and publish it and print it. And, and I know that there are publications out there that, that do do this, you know. So, um, uh, you know, we can only do our best to, and we make it clear in the meeting why we're not handing these things out. And, and we, we do make it clear in the meeting, in our meetings and our classes that, that, you know, this information is not to be taken and used at, you know, for whatever your uh, purposes, proprietary purposes.
2: Uh, you mentioned that the providers are mainly um, M.D.s and N.P.s. Are there any Native Hawaiians that are in those positions who are doing that, or are they more predominantly uh, Anglo or non-native?
0: Yeah. They're 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 actually a mix of them. Yeah, they're actually a mix, and we you know the clinic actually does have uh, Native Western providers, uh, um, which is wonderful. You know, and I think that those individuals tended to be more receptive from the beginning, um, but there are also Western as well as um, Asian American, you know, providers as well at the clinic, and and uh, I wouldn't say that necessarily they were the most skeptical, but you know, they they probably you know, if you had to divide it along those lines, you know, that they probably were a little bit more skeptical at the beginning. But but the the nice thing about it is that we're seeing these changes, you know, and that we're seeing them actually want to learn more and, 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 and so yeah, that's a great question. You know, I mean part of part of the whole issue around equity and health is just the lack of native providers you know, at all levels, you know, and so we really need to work on that, you know, and, and hopefully we'll reach a point one day when, when you have one individual who can deliver both.
1: Tēnā que Dr. Michael Spencer, Professor in Social Work and Director of Native Hawaiian, Pacific Islander and Oceanic Affairs at the University of Washington Indigenous Wellness Research Institute in Seattle. That was recorded at the recent NASA conference hosted by the University of Waikato. For additional information about this week's episode, head to rnz.co.nz forward slash tiahika. hika. Ko ea tātātou nei wahanga, ko te manako ia, kai noho ora pai e koutou. Join us next Sunday. Mai tiahika whanua, tia hika, kia tātou katoa. Mauri tu, mauri ora.